I've had to learn to continuously be empowering in the way that I talk about sex to you where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hey, I really like that. And I didn't really like this this part. But can you try it this way? Like learning how to, yeah. to empower you yeah. because it is like a part of our identity. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's A Little More Courage podcast. We are so stoked to have you. Hi everyone. Uh, today we're going to be talking about marriage. We've been married now for eight months and so we just want to go over some of the expectations that we had before marriage, our experiences, highlights, things that we've learned in this first eight months of marriage. So Riley, how about you start us off? What are some highlights <laughs> from eight months of being married? Oh, I mean, I love how we're jumping straight into it. It's seriously... <laughs> I mean, these last eight months have been so fun. Uh, and some highlights has been we went away on our honeymoon group, which was amazing. We w turned our phones. We recommend this to everybody. Mm -hmm. We turned off our phones on our honeymoon and just hung out with each other. And it was like two weeks. We did our honeymoon in Bali. We surfed. We had such an adventurous yeah, honeymoon. Yeah, it was so fun. Even though there was like, I was looking at old photos and videos the other day and it was like pouring down rain and we're just cracking yeah. up laughing. Yeah, we did really like chill for the first week and we didn't do much. Like and then nothing. We just like yeah. hang out with each other all day and talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second week we like, Packed it with adventures. It was so fun. Yeah, we were going horse riding. We ATVing. did that. Yeah, we went ATVing. ATVing through a river. We surfed. It was so fun. Yeah, we did, uh, what is it, para parasailing behind a boat. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun. And then we came back from that, and we had a day, and then we get on another plane, and yeah. we flew to the Heart of Dating. If you ever heard of Heart of Dating, for all those that are in the dating singleness series of like season of your life i highly recommend the harder dating podcast yeah they're incredible kate and jj are yeah, we incredible love we and love JJ. them yeah so we did i spoke at that conference and then we went straight away to the if you guys have heard of the asbury revival um it was we weren't even planning on going there but this there was just prayer like non-stop prayer and worship yes. breaking out on the asbury university all like nonstop throughout the day and night. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, we have to go. Yeah. We showed up and we worshiped for what was it, like nine? Six. No, no, no. It was, it was like oh, eight or nine hours. It was straight. so long. We like but lost track of time. It felt like an hour. It felt like so quick. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. We were in this like old building, like nothing fancy. But here we are. We lost track of time because we were just in the presence of God worshiping. Yeah. And I love it. That was like our first non-honeymoon weekend. First weekend back. We were like, this is like yeah. ministry, like time was with awesome. God <laughs> and adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and that was so cool for me too, because I have a huge heart for revival history and have like studied revivals and like kind of nerd out when it comes to revival history. So yeah, when you I saw it. this happening, I was like, you know, cause this was, yeah, this was at the end of our honeymoon, right? As we were coming back and I was like, hey, I was kind of like in scares, like, would you want to, I know this is going to be logs for going to Heart of Dating, you're speaking, would you want to go at the end of this? And Riley was like, yes, are you serious? We could go. Yeah. And it was like such a dream to get to the very first weekend of being married back from our honeymoon. Yeah. Go to revival. And yeah, so amazing. Another thing that I've really enjoyed from the last eight months is honestly just the amount of time we've just been able to chill together <laughs> like we really prayed intentionally about like what would this first year of marriage li look like and 
we kept hearing God being like, we saw visions of us like surfing and lying on the beach and just like playing and having fun and building a friendship, which like is the core yeah, to marriage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny because in the beginning, Riley and I are both pretty driven individuals <laughs> yeah. and we're always like, God, we want to do so much for you. And we had talked about, I mean, so many different ideas in this first year of marriage of what mm-hmm. ministry we were going to start. Um, I was leading a young adults ministry up in Portland before coming down. So we're like, oh, are we going to do that? Are we going to like serve the homeless? Are we going to uh, start like a young adults or a young married couples group? And so we started praying in the beginning and we would just be like, Lord, which one should we do? Um, and every time we would just get images of us surfing, chilling on the beach, hanging out. And we felt like the Lord was like, I just want you guys to enjoy this first year of marriage and really get to know one another and spend quality time. And honestly, that that has for me been the biggest highlight of this year is just actually hanging out. I think I didn't expect just how much like we we literally play. I don't know if you guys ever played Monopoly deal. It's like so it's bad. like Monopoly, so, oh, but man. it's like it's a lot faster. It's card game. And I mean, we've played like hundreds of games, probably of Monopoly deal. <laughs> so this is all play in bed at night. Uh, no, literally, we'll be like in bed, about to fall asleep, and we'll play five games yeah, of Monopoly deal. Yeah, we, I feel like we've had a lot of phases. We also had a, yeah. a body surfing phase yeah, where every day so after fun. work we would walk where we live is like two blocks from the beach. We would walk to the beach and body surf for yeah. hours. Yeah, every day it was so fun. And then when we also got married, that was the, we were. A few months in, it was hilarious. We started binge walk, watching TV shows, <laughs> yeah. and That's it was true. like I'm not joking. Till what time? Five in the morning, <laughs> like a couple times. Which is so funny because I hadn't like all my friends were shocked when I told them that because I haven't hadn't watched TV shows in like years, like since high school, personally. <laughs> but yeah, it's been so nice just to like rest and yeah. hang out together. And and there was another highlight of mine has been we spoke at a marriage conference with mm-hmm. Danny Silk, mm-hmm. and that kind of came up super last minute, but it was so fun just to be on stage. Like, that's a dream come true of mine, like, to be on stage preaching with my husband about, I mean, it was a marriage conference, but they were asking us mostly questions about singleness, but just to be there with you, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. When we went to breakfast afterwards and I just remember feeling like so much joy. Yeah, that was so cool. It was really cool too. That specifically was also a highlight for me because it was a really full circle moment. We were on a panel with a couple that have been like mentors of mine for like seven, eight years now. And yeah. uh, the woman, Lauren, was a big part of when I went through a breakup like eight years ago. Um, she gave me a prophetic word after that, just kind of like about my future and what the Lord had for me that really encouraged me. So then it was so cool. It was such a full circle moment to get to do that with you on stage, like married. Mm-hmm. But Jack, you kind of mentioned it before. What has been some, you know, you come into marriage, you have expectations versus like reality of what actually happens. What like, what are some um, expectations you had in marriage and how has it been? Um, I think one, I mean, one that I had was that this first year that we would be, cause my life before this, I think both of our lives were so full, um, with work. And then for me, like I was working full time running my business and then pretty much all the time outside <laughs> yeah. of that was going to ministry to the house mm-hmm. ministry, to the, 
table, the gathering we were running, and then to prayer stuff around the city. Yeah. And so just had this expectation because we both love that way of living life, that it would be so full. Um, But it's been really cool that the Lord kind of had something different for us to teach us, to grow us in being able to like rest and enjoy the gift that he's given us in our friendship. Um, And then I, I think also just like how much fun, how much fun, like our hangout, like when we're just here in, in I mean, our we apartment laugh so much so together, together <laughs> yeah, has been something that I didn't expect to be as fun or as sweet as it is. Another expectation I had is that I honestly thought that marriage, and I think every couple, and me saying this, I think every couple is so different. It also is like personalities. It also has to, um, what I'm about to say also depends on how you use your singleness, um, whether you pursue healing, do inner healing, like go to therapy, like all that. I think I had expected going into marriage that there would be so much more conflict and like relational difficulty. Uh, and it's been, I mean, it's been pretty easy so far. Like it's not, I mean, maybe I we have moments where we're like tension, like literally even just before this podcast, we yeah. were like, we, we had a time frame or behind on our time frame for our day. And we were like, just there's like little things that we, but I think what has helped is that we talk about them so quickly and openly. Like we just, when we first started dating, we were, we were like, we don't want to keep anything between us. Like we just want, we would rather just talk about it openly yeah. and keep it amongst us. And also just like little things, like I can read his body language and know when Jack is upset and feel it. Like I'm a feeler yeah. and I'm like, okay, something feels off in the moment. I do that. I'm also a direct communicator and and so are you. You also are a feeler and a direct communicator. And so in those moments where we're like, something's off or we'll like address it pretty quickly. And also just to give each other, we both are sensitive to give each other space to just express how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've learned a lot about like just listening to you and empathize and like affirming what you're feeling because my personality is more like okay well what can I do better or like jump to action instead of just being like pausing in that moment and like affirming what you're feeling and apologizing if I need to yeah I think that's really good yeah I feel like we've learned each other really well and each other's um like conflict style when what I mean by each (laughs) other is like I've learned for you you need you need to be fed and you need to work out like in order to feel yeah. good it just and like sleep yeah and sleep yeah and those like essential things and then that you love words and that if the house isn't clean um that's like really stressful for you yeah. and and then you've learned like my need for quality time like I just I, I'm if you know the like five love, love languages by Gary Chapman I am a huge quality time huge. guy, and pretty much want to always. Is <laughs> always spend playing out quality with time? And so, like you've learned, you know my needs and the things that uh, that I love as well, and I think that that's helped. And then we have learned how to. We do have a lot of. We have a lot of. I would say we have a lot of small conflict conversations. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of big, or any really like big kind yeah. of we drilled each other in, when we were dating, like to really figure out if the personality would fit, if the cooling would fit, if like we aligned on like 
parenting or whether we wanted to have kids, whether we wanted to travel. And so all these questions before, we kind of knew going into marriage that there was a lot of alignment. Yeah, totally. In so many different areas of right. our lives. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that has um, an expectation that I had is because of how busy my life was before, I thought we would spend way less time together. <laughs> but yeah. we hang out so but like I'm talking, we're waking up, like we'll yeah. that in the morning, that's pretty much usually our only time apart. Yes. We spend time with Jesus on our own. Yeah. And then we work together. We like we're constantly around each other. We both go to the same co-working space. Yes. We're, work, we're not working on the same things, but we're around each other. Yeah. And then at nighttime, like we really the first, what was it, eight months? Eight months. We had no conflicts. Like we had no commitments any night of the week, uh, which is crazy for us coming from like, for me personally, I had commitments before <laughs> every single night of the week, seven, like essentially seven days a week. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just realized as I was talking to a friend that Riley joined this women's Bible study on Monday nights. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to miss you on Monday nights. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. So I joined another Bible study, but it was so funny to realize we've actually been together like every oh, night <laughs> for the last eight months, <laughs> which is crazy. And it is cool um, because we were like a while ago told about a verse, how in the Old Testament men were told to like come home from war. Do you want to yeah. read that verse? Yeah, so it's, it's Deuteronomy 24, 5. It says, um, if a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and to bring happiness to the wife that he has married. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's go. So good. That leads me to my next question is like, what do you think have been the best things that we've done? And and my first answer to that has been like we really prayed about it. And we, like we said, we thought we were coming into marriage and having tons of ministry things that we would be pursuing. Um, but it has been relatively like chill. And we've just had, like, we really felt the Lord say, like, give me this first year just to like be friends and like just to hang out with each other and say no to things so that you can like really get to know each other. Like we totally. have spent hours and hours and hours and hours with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think, our obedience to God asking us to do that in the first year of marriage has, I mean, we're probably going to see fruits from it years from now, like knowing when we're one day parents and like our friendship that we built in the first year of marriage will be like giving us fruit that day when we're married, when we're being parents and like we have a really good connection and know each other well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. We've definitely chosen like fun and rest a lot, which has been awesome. Mm -hmm. Something else that I'm glad that we did in this first year was we've continued with our premarital counselors. Um, shout out to Sabrina and Michael. We love we you. We love you guys and we're so grateful for you. So we began doing premarital. They were already Riley's mentors for, I don't know, four years previously mm -hmm. to us getting married. And then we did premarital with them. And then we've actually, as we were getting married, we were like, hey, we would love to continue doing this with you and um, have you speak into our lives and um, yeah, just kind of support us in our relationship. And so they're so amazing. They, we meet with them every other Friday and um, just get to share about kind of like what we're learning, what we're growing in, like rough patches in our relationship and yeah. like in real time kind of talk through with them. Hey, we're having this difficulty or, um, yeah, like this is going on. I mean, on. we're, we're it, 
it feels pretty vulnerable, but Jack and I will literally, like, they're on the Zoom call with us, and Jack and I are processing in front of them yes. something difficult that like we've been deep thinking about. deep insecurity and, like, a way that we're not seeing eye to eye and something. Yeah. And I seriously think, like, what we were saying before about, um, like, a lower expect, like, a lower amount of conflict relative to our expectations i think that has played a huge part in it because we're we're dealing with things difficult really quickly mm-hmm. because yeah. of them like we're dealing with with it under like counseling and supervision and under our mentors yeah uh-huh. yeah and we get to pray together um with them and they're just like such a support system for us which has been yeah, so amazing. And I feel like we've grown a ton. Another thing that I would say is that Jack, a good decision that we've made, it comes from Jack's leading this, is Jack loves prayer. Mm. And every single Wednesday morning, we meet and we pray together for an hour. And you have led that. And to be honest, when, when we first got married, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Because I'm like a like a five-minute prayer girl. Like, I'm like, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And then I move on. I'm like sitting there and like doing prayer for an entire hour. I'm just, I haven't really done a tons of that, if I'm honest with you guys. And so you really, you really pitched it. And and now, like we did it this morning. We had our yeah. prayer time this this morning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this morning. And I didn't want to leave. He was like, amen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, I was in the zone, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, I know we're already hour in, but I like more things I want to say to Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, and then um, something else has just been, Super simple, but staying consistent to date night. Mm. And like we've had some fun date nights, just like mm. get going on our, remember the one where we just went on the bike? We biked to yeah. the next town and went mm-hmm. out to this Italian place where they changed the, the it was this little small, it's like in a wine shop and they change the menu every single day because they go to the, the chef goes to this local farmer's market to find like fresh ingredients and then decides what he wants to make there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, that was oh, that was something an expectation is I have such a high expectation for date nights. Yeah, I I totally. love date That's nights, true. and he goes into it, and you, I mean, you love date nights too, but you're so chill, and I'm thinking date nights is when he's gonna like ask me super intentional <laughs> questions and like have pre-prepared questions. Yeah, and and Jack's like like. You have grown so much more in that because that's like a, something that's I've been true. asking yeah. of you. But <laughs> yeah. that was probably an expectation you had. Or... Yeah, totally. Well, I just love like hanging out every night of the week. And then if it, <laughs> and then on date night, Riley really loves if I ask her questions like, oh, you're, how's your book writing going? How are you processing, you know, going back through childhood as you're doing this? And like kind of bigger, deeper questions. Yeah. And for me, my idea would just be like we do something adventurous and fun, and then have like chill conversation. <laughs> um, but it's been good to grow in that. Yeah, well, I'd love to ask, what would you say has been harder, or where have you grown the most in? Marriage? Oh, I think that. I mean, I have a very positive view of marriage because of our experience, but I also know marriage has. I mean, it's just it. It's really great, and it's also really vulnerable (laughs) because you're with this person and you just can't hide like i can't hide like these little 
like have like I cannot hide my love for cheeseburgers, for example. <laughs> like it was, it's, it's true. A in nighttime, the yeah, you it's were. a nighttime, and like oh, at the beginning, I was like, "What do you want to eat?" And I just, <laughs> I just want cheeseburgers, okay. And the and I always used to get cheeseburgers and watch a movie on my own, and then I'm like. Oh, I have, I'm married, okay? Like, I'm like, he wants to hang out with me. Um, That's just like a random example. But just the vulnerability of, of having your whole life just mm-hmm. seen. And it shows you what you were, are yet to grow in. And another thing that has been some harder was kind of, I realized when we first got married, I started comparing, which is unhealthy and I had my spiritual mentor really like she really convicted me of this but I was comparing my relationship with Jesus to yours and I because I'm kind of a people pleaser I was thinking okay does is my relationship with Jesus does it need to look like more like his and Jack is also just a very powerful person that I was like okay like do do I need to change how Mm. and I had to just realize no it's okay that my relationship with God looks so different or you know even comparing like you know sometimes you would sit and be with Jesus for hours and I'm like 30 minutes and I'm feeling like so connected with the Lord and ready to move on with the day. But then I thought, oh, should I spend more time with Jesus? Um, Yeah, but we've just had so many vulnerable conversations. Like we have conversations at night. Like I used to go to bed constantly like 9 p.m. And now it's not so consistent at 9 p.m. anymore. Because so many nights we will just be up until midnight just having heart to heart and like really diving into some deep conversations i'm crying and i'm feeling like like do you still love me when i'm like telling you all these honest thoughts and like and yeah your consistent love has really healed me Mm, that's so good thanks um yeah i think one thing for me that has been harder is so recently we've been listening through tim keller he's a, a pastor who recently passed away and he has a series on marriage that it's he preached. So good. We highly recommend it. It's like the best thing yeah, like I, this is I, we've ever listened to on marriage. You even when it's, you're single. Especially if you're single, actually. Yeah. Um and it's it's really good. He has this he says in it that if you have two people who view the primary issue in their marriage as their own self centeredness, then you have the prospect of having a truly great marriage. Um, and so it's just helped illuminate for me, like, wow, the areas of self-centeredness, like even for me, like something really small is like <laughs> sharing if it's, if I, I have a huge sweet tooth, <laughs> and if I'm eating, like the other day we were having a frozen yogurt and Riley wasn't, I had a thing of frozen yogurt with Reese's. I absolutely love Reese's. <laughs> and so she asked for some and I didn't want to give her some. <laughs> And it's like the little things like that where self-centeredness kind of gets pointed out where it's like, oh, <laughs> I really star. thought I was doing good with like loving you and focusing and not being selfish. And then marriage, because we're together 24-7, it's like yes. these little things kind of get um, mm. brought out to where, you know, then you have to choose to like go mm. humble and be refined by the Lord and like, mm. okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I do need to like grow in this area. Mm. I know it's such a random comment, but I I think it's really cool that the Lord created um, the timetable to be like single, dating, married, and then parents. 
because I feel like that trajectory leads you towards more becoming a more others focused person. Like even I think about how much exactly what you said, how much I have exposed been exposed to my own selfishness mm-hmm. and how much it's like given marriage gives you an opportunity to change that and to become more focused on the other. Right. And then when you become a parent, you have to even more so. Yeah. And it's just cool that the Lord like shapes and builds and he has this like tool of marriage to then one day become a parent where you're like waking up in the middle of the night to feed your child and you do it with joy and delight because your marriage had previously taught you how to give with joy and delight. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) That's really good. Another thing I wanted to mention was money. Um, yeah, because, this is good. So before this, before this, I was doing a study. I was reading this article from the New York Times, and they were saying how a generation ago it was just like the landscape of marriage was so different. Um, and they talked about like this great wave of of responsibilities. So a generation ago, our parents' generation, they when they got married, they there was the great wave of responsibility because when you get married, you're moving in together for the first time, you're merging your finances, and you're starting a family. But then when we look at today's landscape, sixty five percent of people who are getting married today already live with each other. And maybe that means their finances are slightly merged, but they already two of those great responsibilities. Finance and living together are already set. But then when you're Christians in today's landscape, you are experiencing that great wave of responsibilities. Um, And one of those has been for us money, like because you get married. And I mean, everybody has different um, ideas on this, but we merged all all our bank accounts together. Together. And we started meeting and having budget meetings. Yeah, every and this two was weeks. led by Jack. Every two every weeks. Every two weeks. And I was like, geez, like, okay, to be honest with you, this is the one, the, I think the biggest thing I think I didn't do a good job in my singleness, and that was finances. Like, I didn't ha- really have anyone sit me down and be like, okay, how are you preparing for your future? I saw the money in my bank account. I'm like, that's money I spend. Like, I didn't really get. Like, I don't really think much about saving or, like, investing. And Jack got taught, I mean, you had incredible financial education. Mm-hmm. And then I did it. And I'm like, we got married. I'm like, here's my small amount of money. I hope this is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, just knowing, like, when I go to, because I used to go out and eat um, every day. I'd go out for breakfast every single morning when I was single. And now I go to for coffee like maybe once a week and it, it's just it it brings this like level of responsibility to know like my money is not just mine anymore it's ours and i have to be cautious and honoring in the way that i spend our money mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's been really good it's been really interesting for us figuring out kind of what that looks like because yeah every decision now it, it isn't just a solo decision it's an us decision yeah. So, yeah. When you're out on your own, like for me, spending money, it, it's always like, oh, wow. OK, should I spend this? Like I'm thinking about our budget and everything. Yeah. yeah it's definitely and also we have created a budget and that's been really helpful to just put like boundaries and restrictions now so that we can in, be set up better in the future. Um and we like we had the way we've done our budget so far has been we haven't been perfect at it at it at all. But we would type in every single thing that we spent into to an Excel spreadsheet, and I yes, was like every transaction. And when I was like 
still kind of getting out of my singleness habits. I'm like, there's a lot of things I'm writing in this Excel spreadsheet right now. And so I realized like if I spent less, I had to write less into the Excel spreadsheet. So I'm like, it's less time. It's great. It's more effective. <laughs> but I think you did that. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but it was pretty clever. It made me yeah. like feel the responsibility. No, yeah, for both of us. For me, I had never done that before either. Um, yeah. It's also interesting thinking about that, about how that high of a percentage of couples nowadays live together yeah, beforehand. Yeah, 65%. Something else is we also didn't sleep together before marriage. Like, what were your expectations around sex and how has that been different or what you expected? Yeah, I I mean, I look back and I'm, I'm so glad that we waited. Um, and I just... I just think about like, imagine if, if you took your phone and you used it as a cup holder, like that's not the purpose of the phone, but like, but the phone has a design and we have to understand the design in order to know how to use it. And the Lord has like a design for us, for sex. And we have to understand that in order to know how to like use the gift of sex. These are some of the expectations I had going into marriage. <laughs> and I think this is probably going to show you all just how excited I was about sex. Mm. So I expected sex every day. I expected like just for sex to be really fun and I expected it to be like really easy. Like you, you get married and you figure it out because like, I, I mean, like I, I really just hadn't done much physically before us getting married. Um, and so I don't really, I've, I mean, you hear your friends and you hear, you talk to people about it, but I mean, it's still just a whole new experience for me. And now that we're on the other side and we're eight months in, it's really cool to see some of the expectations that were spot on and really interesting to see some of them that weren't. And the ones that we're on is that sex is amazing and it's so fun. And we both have high sex drives. And I mean, we're going to be honest with people. We probably, I mean, how, like how often do you have sex? Probably five times a week. Yeah. Six times a week. When we first got married, it was every day. Sometimes twice a day. Yeah. Um, And like to this day, it's like every day or every second day, I feel like there's like a, and so that expectation has been met. Um, the one thing that's been really interesting about us is I actually have a higher sex drive than Jack. <laughs> and um, I just, I love sex and I'm always like, hello. <laughs> so yeah. what do you want to do right now? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely something that I did not expect. Um, just because, because that's also not talked about. Yeah, there's so much like cult in culture. It feels like guys are supposed to always have the higher sex drive. But then yeah. even as I've talked to friends, it's like, wow, this is actually a pretty common thing um, because we're just people. It's not like every single guy has <laughs> through the roof sex drive and every woman has low sex drive, which has been interesting, um, yeah, to to discover. And then I think also something in the beginning, because we didn't have that experience before, there was a lot to learn and there's a lot of like vulnerable moments yeah. early on. And one thing that we, that was really cool, I forget who recommended we read this book. Oh, called, Sophie, my friend in New Zealand. Okay, yeah. This book called Sheet Music, which I highly recommend to anyone before they get married, before they have sex. Um, it is Well, actually, in the book, it has a part that you read up to right yeah. before you get married. And then once you're married, then you continue reading the book. That's true. Riley read past the part that you're not supposed to read before marriage. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. To be honest, that. I did. Okay, I was like, you don't have sex? I love talking and reading about sex. So like, teaching me. <laughs> I, I did not. We actually went different. I was like, I want to come into this. We actually went, 
negative both ways. Riley was like, I want to learn everything about this. So she had so many thoughts coming into sex. And I was like, I just want to experience this and not know anything. And and that, like both ends of the spectrum are not great. Um, So that (laughs) led to me not knowing anything and not understanding like how a woman would like things. And, um, And there was just in the beginning some really like, it's very vulnerable. Um, and and so we were able to talk through, like we started reading that book together because I hadn't read any of it. We started reading it together day one on our honeymoon and then we read it over the course of our honeymoon and we were actively talking every day about, um, you know, hey, how is this for you or what are you experiencing in this? And there were, there were some like emotional moments oh, yeah. and really like understanding what, why am I feeling this way and what is this coming out of? Um, but it, it grew us like I felt like really quickly to such a deeper place of vulnerability, just talking about um, our experiences. And yeah. yeah, so And I think having just an open form around sex is really important because and and I had to learn to continuously be empowering in the way that I talk about sex to you where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hey, I really like that. And I like I didn't really like this this part. But can you try it this way? Like learning how to, yeah. to empower you. Yeah. Because really like sex, it it is like a part of our identity. And I mean, I think especially for men, like it really empowers you when I when when you know that we're having great sex. Like I feel <laughs> yeah, like there's like some confidence. Sure. He's walking around yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so to talk about it in a way that's like really empowering. Yeah. Um yeah, and just like even like nights where you know I'm like, yo, what a yeah. you know, and and you're tired or vice versa. For yeah. to to we've talked about like even scripts of like how do you mm-hmm. communicate in those mm-hmm. moments where it's like, hey, like I love that you want to have sex with me right now, um, and I love having sex with you, but would you want to tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Or like I would love to tomorrow, and yeah. like just communicating in a way where it's like yeah. empowering. You remind people that the, your person that you love it. Um, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, definitely like the. I think another thing for me is that I went from from being really strict with like tr- tr- or trying to be really strict with boundaries. Yeah, and you you spend your whole life. If you are have waited until marriage, saying no, 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 and then all of a sudden you're allowed to say yeah, yes, and that took me a while to kind of adjust yeah. to. Like we got married, and I was like, oh, okay, we're naked. Like, okay, yeah. this happening. Like, am I allowed to be doing this? Yeah. Um, and so just like I think just giving yourself grace. And my sister said to me, "Sear," she was like, um, because both my sisters got married before I did. It was so fun to have like my sisters to be able to talk to about this. And Sierra was like, don't, you don't need to rush anything. Like Mm. there's so many flavors and styles and sex. And my sister was like, don't rush it. Like enjoy it. Like literally, even if you're just doing the one sex position for the first year of marriage, like that's okay. Because that's the beauty of marriage. You have a whole lifetime to figure it out. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jack, as we end this podcast, obviously this whole podcast is about courage um, and courage in beer in marriage. So I'd love to know, like, when have you used courage in our marriage? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, one thing would be those moments where you'll call me out for something and mm. like I'm being selfish in an area. Um, like for instance, you Riley really likes massages. Yeah. And, 
I, I would constantly, and she would always want them like at the end of the night. And I He's just tired. am really tired at the end of the night and want to go to bed. And just recently, like we had a conversation and you were sharing with me like, hey, I would really love this. And yeah. um, so I've been like consciously making a shift to like, okay, yeah, you can have so good. energy to get her a massage at the Bro. end of the night. Um, so I think that like, for me, I've chosen courage in, in being teachable to do wow. things that you really want like that. Uh, to love you better. Mm. Uh, and then the second way would just be in vulnerability as well. Like I remember this is a few months ago, one night I was going through a pretty tough business uh, situation, like a problem that I was facing. And I just could not figure out what the best solution was. It was, I was really stressed for like a week or two mm. and like up at night kind of thinking it through and one night, I think you were just like, hey, like, what's really going on? Like, yeah. Why is this affecting you in the way it is? And I actually just like broke down in tears. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want you to see me as not capable. And like, I want to be able to figure everything out and be strong in front of you. And that was a courageous moment for me choosing vulnerability to like expose mm -hmm. myself to you. Um so yeah, those are the two. What about you? What would you say? Um, I would say expressing my needs because I I just I I grew up and I I told myself you're a low maintenance girly. Like you are chill, low maintenance, you don't need much. When deep down I actually had needs and I wasn't it felt really vulnerable to express needs to Jack. And I think of the, I'm going to not say it perfectly, but Brene Brown talks a lot about how vulnerability is not weakness, but it's actually one of the greatest signs of courage. And that vulnerability and courage are like, they coexist, like they're, they need each other. Um, and so I think for me, it's been expressing my needs. And one of them has been expressing the need for rest mm -hmm. and alone time. Um, and my personality, like I said earlier, is like, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I have FOMO. And so like, if I really need to spend the night just chilling and reading, but and my body like actually needs the rest, maybe I had a speaking event the day before and Jack goes and surfs. I'm like, Oh, I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming with you. <laughs> and then my body's exhausted and maybe I end up sick. And so I've just had to understand, like, to give myself permission that it is okay that I make decisions different than Jack, that I give myself permission to rest and to say no and to, like, tell Jack what I need. Um, and so I, like, we've gotten so much better at, like, like last week. I was like, Ken, he's in solo time. It's pretty funny because I was in the bedroom, like having solo time and like took a bath and was chilling. Yes. But he was literally in the house. Yeah. He's just like in Over the living here. room. We have a small <laughs> little one bedroom apartment. But it was great. Like I got my need met just yeah. to be able to just be and chill and like have solo time. Um, but yeah, Jack, do you, as we end this, would you pray for people? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I would love to. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for um, the gift that marriage has been to us these first eight months. And God, I pray that it would be an encouragement to everyone listening, um, that they would pursue courage in their relationships, whether they're single, dating, or married. Um, God, that they would pursue vulnerability and transparency and deeper connection with those around them. 
And God, I pray that you would, yeah, that you would meet every person's relational needs, like even more than they could think or imagine that they would come to you and, uh, and find the fulfillment of their desires in you. I thank you that you say in Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and then God, I also pray for just godly community for each and every person listening that, um, that they would find their needs met in uh, Christian, like amazing friendships and people that love them and want to see them uh, walk in the calling that you have for them. So we just bless every person listening in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And when Jack just prayed, I just thought about how for those who are listening right now that are single, uh, God, Jesus, I mean, Jesus was single. Like he self-actualized as a single person. He conquered death as a single person. He started and sustained his ministry as a single person. And, but Jesus' life shows us that singleness does not equal isolation. And just as Jack prayed, I just want to encourage you, like you can find your needs, your like needs for community and friendship in, in other people. Like your singleness can be fulfilling. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And just a reminder, if this bless you, share with somebody else. Be sure to leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we would just love to like know what you think. DM us. There's also a Facebook group um, called ALMC Club that we would love for you to be a part of if you're not already a part of. Uh, we have more things coming to that group more ways that this community is going to build. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. And we are just, yeah, we're so blessed just to have this podcast and have you listening to this. Mm-hmm.